On this episode of Basement Banner, presented by the Fish Tank Apparel, the first round of the NXL playoffs are wrapping up, and the first round in the NBA is getting interesting. We go series to series in each sport, reviewing the top headlines. Hey Dave, I think the Cavs might be in trouble. In the MLB, we go over the slow starts from the Nationals, Dodgers, and Cubs, and which team concerns us the most at this point. We also look at what teams like the Diamondbacks and the Red Sox are doing to improve in their early season success. We wrap it all up this week with some NFL draft talk. Let's do it. Hello everybody, back by popular demand, it's Basement Banter, David Giacomino, alongside Tom Takashuski. Tom, how we doing? Doing pretty good, Dave. Jordan year episode, so. Episode 23. Uh, we're getting there pretty high in numbers, huh? Kind of crazy when you think about it. It's been almost 30 weeks since we first started this with, you know, the, the hiatuses we've had in between some episodes. So. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's, it's gone by very fast, that's for sure. And definitely appreciate all the support that we've been getting. Um, our views continue to rise every week, and, uh. We get a lot of support, not only for this podcast, but for the Fishnack Apparel as well, who we're lucky enough to partner with with, uh, with this and put this all together. So, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a good ride. Uh, we're we're going to continue moving forward. Uh, let's get, dive into it, though. I want to talk some NHL. Got to you know, talk NHL. Hard of the playoffs. The round one is almost coming to a close. you still got a couple of series to wrap up. But let's, we could talk about the series that are already over. We can recap some, some uh, games here. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, beat the Devils 4-1. Uh, the Jets also won 4-1. Vegas swept. You know, it's interesting. We kind of, you know, chirping the NBA about how their all their series are kind of uh, 4-1, 4-0, all this. And, and, you know, the NHL is kind of uh, taking that over right now. And the NBA kind of, they got a couple of 2-2 series here, here and there. You know, three, you know, they're kind of the opposite right now. I don't really... No, it's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, the whole talk about why the NHL playoffs are so much better than the NBA is because of the parity, right? That there's all these seven-game series and that every game is a close game. You have to fight for every inch. But when you're looking at it now, and I guess it's because of the faulty playoff format that they have, there was only one series that was 2-2 after four games, and that was the Capitals' Blue Jackets. And uh, I think everyone just assumes that's going to seven. But there's a real distinct possibility we're not going to get a seven-game series here because when you look out west... All those series are over now. You like you mentioned, Vegas swept the the Kings, the Sharks swept the Ducks, the Jets won in five, you know, pretty easily against Minnesota, and now you have Nashville wrapping up their series in six against the Avalanche. So that's all done. No seven game series there. Lightning already won. Boston's been the better team in their series, I think. So I don't think they're gonna have a problem wrapping that series up in six, even though it is in Toronto. Um, and then Pittsburgh won today too. So the only Real hope we have for a seven-game series is Capitals-Blue Jackets. And the Capitals going down 2-0 naturally come back and win the next three games and go up 3-2. But, you know, obviously it's the, it's the Capitals, so that only means they're going to lose the next two games and lose in seven. The, the, the most Capitals thing you could do would be go down 2-0, win three in a row, and then lose two in a row to end your season. But they'll have to lose game seven in overtime on home ice. Oh, that I mean, obviously. Just how that's just Capitals a- do it. Off a face-off, too. Yeah, that's just Just what- like when Derek Stepan ended the Capitals season a few seasons ago and MSG right off a of face-off, face-off, got the rebound, put it in. That's exactly what's going to happen with the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, that's been a great series. You know, a bunch of overtime games there. Uh, Holpe has come in and kind of given a spark to this Capitals team. You know, he... We said that he should have started. I said he should have started you from the start. I yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I kind of corrected myself I got to myself here because I said, you know what? You win with Grubauer. 
you know, you live on that, live and die on that hill if you're Barry Trotz, right? You, you, you got him, you put him in for game one, stick with him the whole time. And then as soon as they replace him with Braden Holby, then they start winning games. So that, you know, that's a fault on me there. And then also with the, uh, the Devils, I said live and die with Keith Kincaid. They switched out with Corey Schneider. They started playing a little better. I just don't think the Devils had the talent. Yeah, I was about the Lightning. The, 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 um, but you know what? They did give them a hard four five-game series. That wasn't easy by any stretch of imagination for the Lightning. The Devils were close in every game. And you know what? If nothing else, they played physical. Yeah. They pushed the Lightning around. And I think both the Lightning and the Predators kind of have benefited from a tough first-round series because I think the Predators came into this maybe a little too cocky. They kind of eased their way after they won the President's Trophy. They knew they were going to get the, the number one overall seed. They kind of eased their way into the playoffs. And they ran into an Avalanche team that gave them much more than they asked for. Um, it went six games. The Avalanche had scored the first goal in the opening three games, and then the Predators kind of woke up and realized, "Hey, we should, you know, pound this team into the ground." So I think both those teams are going to benefit from a, a tough physical first round series. I think both teams needed that to kind of wake up and get their blood going. A little yeah, bit. for sure. And you know, it was funny with the Lightning Lightning series. I think they, they, the game winning goal that eventually with that for against the devils i think they had like four rangers ex rangers on the ice at the they time had it was four like ex rangers on the ice and strawman Girardi. no that doesn't make sense it was uh strawman yeah jt miller and mcdonald's so that's and, three and plus callahan plus oh callahan. plus callahan right 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 <laughs> and i think the, the the ending goal all included callahan mcdonough and miller so there's no better way to end the devil season than with a bunch of former Rangers. Yeah, right. You know, you might as well just call them the Tampa Bay Rangers at this point. <laughs> no, they, uh, their official name is New York Rangers South. That's uh, New, York, New yes. York Rangers South. That's dude. what the New York Ranger fan base is calling them. <laughs> I mean, are the New York Ranger fans rooting for them? I, I would. I do not want to see them get a, get a cup. It's kind of like a mixed Me, thing. I feel personally, like. anytime a team eliminates the Rangers in the playoffs and like a deep playoff run, I can't root for that team, even if it's a completely different team. The Lightning beat the Rangers in Game Seven two two years ago, I believe, in Eastern Conference or three years ago in the Eastern Conference Final, and since then. I can't even pretend like I want the Lightning to win anything. But it's a totally like, different team. I all ex Rangers, and then if the Lightning win the Stanley Cup either this year or next year, Rangers get a first round pick from that McDonough trade. So most Ranger fans, yes, are rooting for the Lightning. Not so much because we want to see guys like JT Miller and McDonough and Girardi get the cup they deserve, but because we want another first round pick. That's <laughs> yeah. real. That's really the reason. But why. I mean, it would be at the end of the round anyway. So like, it's not. It's still a first. It's, it's still, still a top first, fifty pick. Yeah, but yeah, still. But anyway. I I want to talk about this Vegas series. Yeah, I gotta talk about Vegas. Um, you you doubted them fully. I did, and I was I, like, I I'm still on the season. And I said, I was still on the bandwagon. I was still behind Vegas. It was gonna be tough. I thought, but Vegas, you know, they're so quick. They they pretty handled they handled them pretty quickly. And Flurry played out of his mind. And even Jonathan Quick, he had a really good series, but he just got outplayed by Flurry. Yeah, I mean, if you told Jonathan Quick at the beginning of the series. You're gonna have less than two, you know, giving up less than two goals a game on average. I think he had like a one nine seven goals against, and your save percentage is gonna be over point nine three. All right, yeah. So I think we're gonna win the series, right? Well, then you look at Marc Andre Fleury. Uh, his goals against was under one, and his save percentage was I think point nine seven seven. That's been going off the top of my head, so don't quote me, but it was something just absolutely absurd like that. Marc Andre Fleury and the Vegas Golden Knights are playing with fire here. They, they're just playing so well. They're firing on all cylinders, just like they have all season. And yeah, me, I have doubted them all season. They got into this playoff matchup with the Kings. I said, that's going to be a tough matchup. The Kings are physical, and they can match the speed. That didn't really happen. Uh, and now they, they're going to go against the Red Hot Sharks team, and I don't know if I'm going to pick Vegas to win this one either. That's It's going to be tough. But here's my reasoning. I, I don't want to pick Vegas, because even if deep down I, I thought they were going to win this series, I don't want to pick them, because 
So far, I've doubted them all year, and they've gone on this amazing yeah, run. And I, if, I feel like if I pick them, then they'll lose. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter who I think is going to win. I'm going to pick the Sharks because I, I do want to see this Vegas thing go go far. Yeah, it, it would be such a good story. Even get even to get to the conference finals would be yeah, an oh, amazing absolutely. story. And that place will be rocking. Oh, that place is going to be going crazy. That place was shaking in those first those yeah, two playoff games. I might think games. about blowing my savings to go back to Vegas <laughs> for a third time this year. But um, for a little poetic justice... Game four. This happened you know, almost a week ago now, so it's old news. But Braden McNabb is the guy who scored the goal for Vegas to win Game Four. It was a one nothing game. Braden McNabb was left unprotected by the Kings, and Vegas picked him up in the expansion draft. So just a little poetic justice there. You could actually just make that case for every team going forward. That ooh, I hope that you know the ex Shark who got picked up in the expansion draft scores. So yeah, Vegas. pretty yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I'm sure all everyone that got. You know, left left out to dry in that expansion. You have to take it by Vegas. All right, I want to prove myself exactly, and you yeah. know do this. But and that's really really fun to see. Now they're they're behind the whole uh, band of misfits thing. They're all kind of left out to dry, all unprotected, and each team thought that they're expendable. And I guess you know teams like the Columbus Blue Jackets kicking themselves right now because I'm sure they could use a William Carlson. Yeah, right. Um, and this this Penguin series, you know, we we both thought it'd be a tough series. Uh, you know, Sidney Crosby is just. An absolute stud. He's lead, tied for the, the league leaders in, in points for the whole playoffs. Which and, he's tied with Jake Gensel, who's on his line, and I don't think Jake Gensel would have 13 points without playing with Sidney Crosby. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure he's leading. tied for goals as well. So he's doing it on both sides, you yeah. know, goals and assists. He's just incredible to watch, you know. And every single time, it looks like they need something, they need a spark, need a goal. Crosby comes through. It's it's crazy to watch. Yeah, anytime you got two guys in your top line averaging over two points a game, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah, so. and, and this is you know, we, I I was just saying before we started the podcast, oh, Malkin, I feel like Malkin hasn't done anything either, and we were like, you know, five oh, points. Well, that's a one point per game. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that's that's such a quiet yeah, five points. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, well, I mean, Malkin's been hurt. He hasn't exactly been healthy. Still had a point per game, <laughs> and he you know he didn't play game six. So, listen, the Penguins are good, man. I remember breaking news: Penguins are good. They know what to do in the playoffs. They haven't lost a playoff series since, get this, Carl Hagelin on the Rangers <laughs> eliminated them three, four years ago yeah, in the first round. They have not lost a playoff series since. It's been 19 consecutive or something just ridiculous like that. And, I, and they got, they're showing no signs of slowing yeah, down. Right it, now. It's looking like they're either going to play you know, the Capitals or, or Columbus, and I, they're going to win that series too. And I, it's like... Well, they're in the Capitals' head. I mean, they beat yeah. the Capitals every year in the second round. I, I was so. about to say, it's going to suck for Al- when Alexander Ovechkin loses to Sidney Crosby yet again. Then again, if the Blue Jackets get there, I think they match up better with the Penguins. Still don't think they have what it no. takes to beat them. Well, I mean, you never know because, listen, that's a lot of playoff games. That's a lot of games in general. Um, I saw a stat this week that the Penguins' uh, game four was like Latang, Crosby, Malkin, the 200th game, like basically in a row. Yeah. From dating back from, you know, three years ago when they started this this epic cup run that they've been having. So, and that's a lot of hockey. And that doesn't even include the World Cup of Hockey. That was this, the summer before that. So that's a lot of hockey in a three-year span. So you do kind of wonder if and when they're going to burn out. But Well, I f- even that, I feel like Crosby's like, missed time. They have all, all these guys have missed time. So it's True. not like they, you know, been playing every single game. So it's like they've had a, a bit of a rest during that stretch. Yeah, but still, 200 plus games in a span of three years. That's a lot of hockey, man. It, it is, but, you know, if anybody can do it, it's Crosby. Yeah, Crosby and the Penguins, that's for sure. Uh, but it's just hard to pick against them at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, shift over here. This was a really surprising series, at least in my eyes. Not so much that the Sharks won, but that they just completely dismantled the Ducks in every single way possible. 
Uh, the Sharks, for anyone who doesn't know, swept the Anaheim Ducks in four games. Like, you look at the Vegas series, and at least every game was close, right? The Sharks made almost every game a blowout. From the moment the puck dropped in game one to the last horn on game four, the Sharks control that series. And they don't have Joe Thornton, and their young guys are stepping up. Guys like Tomas Miller and Tomas Hurdle. Um, Mueller. Yeah, I was at Mueller. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I mean, they're firing on all cylinders as well. Martin Jones put out of his mind. Martin Jones is a guy that a lot of people question, like, is he a, a true elite, you know, top 10 goalie? And he definitely showed this series. He had, I think, 50-plus saves in game one or something like that. Yeah, so. and I think it's going to be the same thing in this series, too, with, with Vegas. The better goalie is going to end up yeah. you know, taking this, taking the series. Yeah, you got two hot goalies yeah, right now. So so this is, that actually, I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of these playoffs that the second-round series between Vegas and San Jose would be the one I think everyone is most anticipating? Yeah, you're going to have the Lightning and, I guess, possibly the Bruins. That would be a good one. I mean, all these second-round series really going to yeah. be awesome. You, got, you just got to wonder if Vegas can, can handle going, like, through a long series, you know? Like, yeah. Because it, 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 it takes a lot out of a team going either six or seven games. And, you, and that's when the playoff experience kind of steps up, right? Yeah. Vegas, outside of Muck-Andre Fleury and James Neal, doesn't exactly have an extreme amount of playoff experience behind them. And there also comes to a point where they're going to come, go through adversity and yeah. see how they Eventually, sometime, it. at some point this season, Vegas has to come through some adversity. And, so. it, I mean, you would think maybe that they lose a game in the series and be like, oh, all right, let's take a step back and re- I mean, see we'll how see. we're doing here. Again, that home but, uh, advantage is at real, the, man. So. At this point, they might win this series 4-0-2 and just keep proving us wrong. Could you imagine they sweep it? Oh, I would imagine love if it. they go on like a Warriors-type love... run last year and don't lose a playoff game until the finals. I will. I would... Go crazy! My dad would hate I, I'd it. fly. I'd fly to Vegas for that. My dad for that final. Oh. Every time he watches Vegas, I hate this stupid team. I oh, hate this stupid. I, team. I love this team. Like, Here, all right, so, so quick side note for any uh, vintage hockey fans. My dad, obviously, I've spoke about him a lot. Ranger fan, huge Ranger fan. And we're sitting there, we're watching. I think Vegas game two against the Kings, and Vegas is winning. And I was like, this team is gonna sweep the Kings. I was like, I hate this team. I'm like, why do you hate them? I was like, oh, I mean, what? Their fans have been fans since 2018. I'm like, listen, Dad. I, you know me, I'm the biggest Ranger fan. I'm like, they're a lot louder than Ranger fans are. And he looks at me dead in the eyes and goes, you know what? They're not one down by losing yet. Because Ranger fans are tired of all the losing that we do. It's got I, a good point. He almost broke my heart, not going to lie. Because I'm like, oh, it's so true. It's so true. It's so goddamn true. And the Vegas has had so much winning, too. It's like, ugh. Do you ever just think about not to get, you know, kind of hanging off the edge here. But do you ever just, I went for a walk the other day during, during lunch, right? Because I have an hour break, go for walks. And I walk and it's like, out of nowhere, I think. The Rangers should beat the Senators last year and win the Conference Final. And I got really sad. That's how much hockey consumes my life. It's really depressing, actually. Because I'm, I'm like, I kind of just want to go back to work now and just stare at my computer. Now I'm really sad. Rangers should have been in the Conference Final last year. Oh, that's, that's rough. And, that, and, that's, and that's what triggered this whole blow-up. We traded Stefan, traded Ronta. The rough life of a Rangers fan. Uh, and, One down by losing. And no, this, like this last series, like this Jets series, we both kind of said the Jets were out, would outmatch Minnesota and it looked like they did. They handled them pretty, pretty, pretty hand, handled. Uh, look pretty well. Pretty well, pretty yeah. Well. Handled pretty well. There you go. No, yeah. I mean, uh, five, like, five games. Kind of like Vegas with that home ice advantage. The Jets, same thing. Didn't lose a game on home ice. Uh, I mean, Minnesota was banged up, and you have to feel for guys like Devin Dubnik and the coach of the Minnesota Wild, Bruce Bujo, because I feel like every year they, you know, they get to the playoffs, have a good regular season, they surprise a lot of people, and they just get a really honestly shit first round matchup. You came. You ran to the Jets, who were probably playing better than the Predators at that point, or better than any other Western Conference team you could have matched up against. 
And it was just a, a, a really raw deal for the Wild, who just don't have enough to, to get past the Jets. And I'm telling you, don't be surprised if the Jets give the Predators much more than they, they asked for in the second-round series because the Jets are good, man. And that home ice advantage when they get to Game Three and Game Four, if they can steal one in Nashville. I mean, it's tough. It's Nashville is really tough as well. Though. You got some great, great playoff atmospheres yeah. going into the second round here. Nashville, top five. Winnipeg got to be top five. Vegas now top five. Even San Jose, low key, is a great place to you know play home ice hockey. And then you might have Boston and Tampa. Yeah, this is gonna be great, man. I, I love hockey. <laughs> Tom's getting so excited for I'm this. Getting, I'm getting excited. Yeah, and it's good when your team's on it. You don't have to worry about who you're playing and who's winning. <laughs> And these these last couple of series, let's get let's get a prediction from here. Uh, Washington's up three two, you know, going to Columbus for this uh, game six. Yeah, I mean, I as much as I, I, it makes sense to pick the Capitals here because I think if you're in a playoff series and you lose three in a row at any point, it's kind of hard to get back on your horse and try to win another game if you're the Blue Jackets. But I think John Tortorella will motivate his guys. And did you hear, did you hear his quote by the way? He kind of went to the podium and was like, "We'll be back here for Game Seven. Like he kind of guaranteed it. <laughs> I mean, listen, give, I mean, listen. Ovechkin guaranteed that after they went down 2-0, after losing two games on home ice, he said, "We'll come back to Washington tied two two. John Tortorella did his own kind of Alex Ovechkin prediction type. Listen, John Tortorella knows how to fire up his guys, and kind of like what I said last week about how at some point with Tortorella, guys get sick of him. Right now, that's not the case. This is the first time ever the Blue Jackets have been to two consecutive playoff uh, series, and. Listen, this is an organization who's never won three games in a playoff series ever. So I think, it, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it now, right? Tortorella will get his guys fired up. It's, it's on home ice. Um, and you have the advantage of playing the Capitals, who are historically bad in the playoffs. So I think if there's one series I have to bet on to go seven between this and, and the Bruins series, I would go with this one going seven. And I still got Columbus. I picked Columbus in seven to start. Uh, I'm not going to stray from that now. Capitals are hot, but I think Columbus will have enough to match them. Yeah, uh, I definitely think this is going seven. It's just I, I'm going back and forth. Like I, I want the Capitals to win because I, 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 I just feel so bad. For them. Like, yeah. They have a, a heartbreaking playoff loss every single season, and if they do that again this year, it'd be like, oh Jesus! Like it's got a feel for Ovechkin, and I think if they lose this series, we'll have a head coaching change, and that's just crazy. Oh, absolutely, and I, I kind of hope they do because as a Ranger fan, I'll take Barry Trotz any yeah. day of the week, and he's a good coach, and it's like they. He Got them to that number one, number one spot in, in, the, in the metro in the past three years. Yeah, too. And, and you know it, it comes to a certain point that you know maybe it's not the coach, maybe it's not the gym. You can only fire so many coaches, replace so many gyms. Maybe it's the personnel, uh, man. I maybe mean, you just don't have the I, personnel there to make a deep playoff. And run. you can't even fault Ovechkin this year. He's actually stepping up in the series. No, you can never fault Ovechkin, but it's Which, just but it's it, just the personnel between Ovechkin and. Backstrom been together forever. Kuznetsov has now been there forever. Oshie's been there forever. Holpe's been there forever, and they can't get past the second round. So at some point, you have to maybe change things up, mix things up, make, uh, this, make a roster shake. Up. This series was actually the first time Ovechkin actually had two goals in one play in one playoff game. So that was a little surprising to me that he took him this long to have two goals in one playoff game, considering how how often he scores. But if if you've watched any of these games and the Capitals have went on a power play. Did he, like oh, everyone knows Ovechkin's famous spot that he just kind of stays in and you're getting ready to snipe. They had Columbus had two guys watching Ovechkin I mean, at all times. Spot, I mean, he doesn't really stray from that spot. And here's the good and the bad with Alex Ovechkin, especially come playoff time, is that the good obviously he's got that power play point um, spot that he'll just rifle home any day of the week. He'll score a whole bunch of goals for you. But here's the other thing: in Game Three, uh, when the Blue Jackets tied it up right before you know the end of regulation, going overtime. Ovechkin had the puck in his spot, kind of missed it. 
coughed it up, and the Blue Jackets went down to 2-1 and scored. So that's the good and the bad you get from Ovechkin because as, as physical as Ovechkin can be, he kind of gets a little too ahead of himself in, in the defensive zone. I, I think he kind of tries. Overcommits. Yeah, he, yeah, he tries too hard. Yeah, sometimes. he overcommits and he'll leave a guy wide open, especially someplace where he's supposed to be. And the Blue Jackets wound up scoring. It happened in Game Three. It happened in Game One. When Seth Jones scored. So uh, I gotta give a prediction here. I'm, uh, yeah, you definitely give a prediction. Uh, I'm talking I'm, too much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Columbus. I'm still. I'm sorry, Washington. It's not your year, your year yet again. I think Columbus is gonna come back and win these next two games because. I think they'll definitely win Game 6, and then Game 7, I feel like anything can happen, and I think Columbus has the momentum going into Game 7 after winning Game 6, and then they'll end up taking Game 7. Yeah, especially just as just Royal Hockey fans, without any type of rooting interest, we, you want a Game 7. Yeah. And the thing is, as we switch over this other series, Boston-Toronto, I would say the same thing. You know, original 6 matchup, you want a 7-game series, but frankly, I don't, because I have money on the Bruins to win the Cup. I took a futures <laughs> bet out on them, so... But honestly, the Bruins have been the better team this whole series. I think the only game... Actually, that's not true. I was going to say the only game which Toronto played better than the Bruins was, you know, yesterday, Game 5. But then again, Toronto kind of outplayed in Game 4. The Bruins still came out with the win. So, But I, I think that Boston's the better team, and I think they will wrap it up in 6, even though it is in Toronto. Uh, it's going to be challenging, especially with the rowdy home crowd that Toronto has, but... I don't think Boston's going to have an issue wrapping this up in six and going to play the Lightning next round. So that's my prediction. I actually think this is going to go seven just because that atmosphere is crazy. Yeah. They, have, they do have momentum going into game six right now. So True. I think they'll end up winning game six and, and Boston will be like, all right, now what are we doing here and kind of get this shit together and win game seven. So I think this is actually going to go seven as well. So I think we'll have two seven-game series in round one and Boston will come out on top of that. That series. Yeah, then again, anytime we make a prediction here, um, we get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty, yeah, Just like, I, I think it was um, in the NFL, I think we were recording one week and a team was up by 10, and we're like, all right, well, this game's over, so this team's going to win, and they ended up losing. <laughs> yeah, it right. happens all the time we do a not, not, like not surprising so, at all. So, I mean, if, you get, if a guy's going to go place bets, uh, bet that uh, Toronto's going to win in seven and that the Capitals going to win in six. <laughs> yeah, you might, that might be uh, pretty good. We'll see. I would, lo- I would love to preview the second but, round. But yet again, you, you were doing pretty good in your Bantam's best bets and then when you actually went to Vegas bet, you would lose. I don't know. I'm 0 for 8 at the sportsbook in Vegas. I don't get it. Bantam's best bets, I went, what, like 20 and 3? Yeah. Just killing it. And, and then I would go 0 for 8 at the sportsbook in Vegas. Yeah, right. Anyway, let's shift over Save to... Save your money, kids. Let's shift over to the NBA playoffs. Uh, actually pretty exciting. Got some pretty good series here. Uh, Houston's up 2-1, you know, missed sort of getting a game uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Utah, actually playing better than OKC right now. They're up 2-1. Called it. Yeah, and who would have thought New Orleans, Pelicans, swept yeah. the Portland Trailblazers? If, I, if you held a gun to my head and said, all right, there's going to be one sweep in the NBA Finals, for the, uh, NBA Finals, NBA Playoffs for the first round, who are you picking? I'm like, all right, um, either the Rockets or Golden State, and it ended up being the Pelicans. So yeah. I guess I would have died. Right, that's that's just <laughs> that's crazy. That's gonna be the one is, sweep. So yeah. I mean, listen, all credit to the Pelicans. Anthony Davis, Anthony he Davis, so playing good. out of his. No, they had no match for him. They they did, no. didn't. And they, you know what? No answer. The Pelicans play awesome, awesome defense, and that's really refreshing to no, see, and, especially no, in the NBA where nobody. Damian Lillard had an outstanding year. He's gonna have probably second second all, all NBA team. And completely shut down. Yeah, he had shot thirty percent from the field. He just didn't have it at all the whole series. You know what? Credit to the Pelicans head coach because they had a game plan from from game one, which is we're gonna play tight man to man defense, and we're not we're not gonna consider helping at all. They face guarded their man for four games, and 
like a guy like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum couldn't get any type of se- separation because when you're face guarding and you run a pick and roll, if you even if you switch or you hedge and recover, if there's no one else helping you out, there's no, no there's not gonna be like a three point perimeter shooter to be open. That's how kind of how you run the pick and roll is that you run off the pick and roll if you have the lane, take it. If not, dish it out to the three point guy when the help comes over. No help would come over, and they would just switch the pick. So the Trailblazers really couldn't get anything going. Yeah. So the Pelicans just shut them down. Shut them down. And this kind of series is probably a little eye opener for the for Portland. You know, like Absolutely, they had the, yeah. they had you know they had the three seed, but we all we all know the West. They could have had like as low as seventh or eighth seed at one point, but you know they still they earned that three seed. And this for this to happen is very crazy. No, they were clearly the third best team in the West going in. I think it was the Rockets, the Warriors, the Trailblazers, then kind of everybody else, right? So you kind of didn't have a lot of doubts about Portland going into the series and. Anthony Davis, the brow, and, and Drew Holiday just completely washed them from the floor. So yeah, uh, you know, and you know this uh, Warrior series uh, ended up going three one. Spurs had a pretty good game today. Ended up winning uh, game four. Uh, Toronto, Washington, two two. Yeah, I mean Toronto's back to uh, being the Raptors. I think they kind of forgot that they were the Raptors for the first <laughs> two games and played well and were kind of showing. Well, yeah, like, in the playoffs, we're like, legit. Uh, then. John Wall and the Wizards come back and win two games in Washington. But you know what? I mean, Toronto shouldn't be that worried, I guess, because in the words of, I guess, every man ever, it's not a playoff series until you lose a home game. So yeah. as long as Toronto can handle the business in Game 5 and go up 3-2, uh, I think they'll be okay. I, I don't think this is, again, I've said it a couple weeks now in a row, I don't think this is a normal Raptors team where, you know, they're just going to blow it come playoff time. I actually think this team's legit. So. Uh, I don't I don't know. It, it's I always go back. I, I feel like they never have the, none of the real deal. It's the same core of guys. It's not like they've changed the roster. Yeah, but I think so DeMar like, Rosen has improved. And yeah, but I, it's... Kyle Lowry has improved. I mean, Washington he, he has had... guard John Wall. Washington, I was about to say, Washington has stars on their team. John Wall playing well. Bradley yeah, I mean, Beal Washington's playing an well. interesting eight seed. Because I think the only reason why they got the eight seed is John Wall missing time this year. Bradley Beal missing time this yeah, year. Yeah, so... But you're looking at a scenario right now where it's completely possible that you get... Washington and Indiana, the eight and five to advance to the second round, as well as I mean I think Philly's gonna get there, so three and then the Bucks, three sevens. You could have eight five three seven in the second round of the NBA. <laughs> wow, that's not what we thought was happening yeah, before. Yeah, you know, we just crapped all over the NBA playoffs last week <laughs> saying, Oh well all the higher seeds are gonna advance. Yeah, right. Except the Jazz. I picked the Jazz, so I'm <laughs> just saying. I had that one. Going back to this uh, Warrior series, you know, Steph We're Curry. all over the place today. Yeah, right. Who's hopping from series to um, series? Steph Curry is practicing now. He started practicing on Saturday. They say he's gonna be he's gonna practice for a week. He's gonna scrimmage and then he's gonna be reevaluated in one week. So this upcoming Saturday he will be reevaluated. Um, so it's you know they, they, they he's the most important player on that team. They need him back. I don't think they necessarily need him back for this series, but moving forward to get to go far in the playoffs, they're gonna need him. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely um, maybe not the best player on the team with Kevin Durant being there, but definitely the most important guy. Uh, but really, there's no rush. I mean, they're up three one against the Spurs. I don't. I, to be honest, I don't know why they played KD in Game Four. He rolled his ankle at the end of Game Three. Uh, I, I would have just sat him Game Four too. You don't need to wrap up the series right away. Uh, I think that they, the, the thought process there was, you know, let's win in four, then have some more time to rest, maybe. But yeah, I guess. But you know what? I'm happy the Spurs won, especially for Greg Popovich. Yeah. Kind of a, an emotional win for in Game Four. Uh, Greg Popovich wasn't wasn't coaching, so and it's good for Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker and the other playoff win under the belt. Kind of a more victory because you, you don't really expect them to come back and win the series, but it's good that they at least were able to scrounge a game up and de- not get swept. De- definitely, definitely. Uh, now the series that everybody's talking about: Indiana, Cleveland, 
Indiana up 2-1. Very surprising. They, they won a very close game uh, in Game 3. Uh, game 4 is going on as we're recording this podcast. Cleveland is winning. And they looked like, we were watching before, they were winning pretty handedly. You know, they looked like they were the better team right now. They're up by 13 right now uh, with a minute to go and in the first half. So. doesn't mean anything. It's, no, it's, it's the NBA. As, so. That is very true. Cleveland could be up 30. I would tell you that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so. Really, I, I, Cleveland has to score over 100 points here. Yeah. They haven't scored over 100 points in the series yet. And there was a stat. I, I think we were almost at the conclusion of the regular season. I gave a stat that when Cleveland hasn't scored 100 points, they haven't won. Right? Yeah. So... And but what 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 a cra- I'll give you an even crazier stat that going into Game Three, uh, Cleveland was undefeated when entering the fourth quarter with the lead, and that was snapped in Game Three when Indiana came back and won that game. So it was pretty. That's a, not a, not a, the best game to blow that streak. No, definitely not. But really, the main problem with Cavaliers here is that someone else has got to do something, man. It's been it's been I'm, Cleveland, LeBron James. I just. I just looked. I, I was very curious to see what his stats would be because I knew LeBron would be in full attack mode. Eight of 11, 22 points. You know, he's he's probably killing it right I mean, now. Yeah, it's great. And <laughs> Kevin Love zero points. Come on, man. He's probably hurt again. Yeah, he has a walking injury, kind of like me. But no, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's great. Obviously, that you have a guy like that. You know, all generation type player, but. You need someone to do something else. You can't have a guy score half your points every single time and expect to win a playoff Well, and, and even in game two, he had, what, 40, some, 48 points, 47 points? Yeah. And they, they won, won by three. Oh, no, 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 they won by three. Yeah, yeah game two. Even if, like, that's not that's not good. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good. If has 48 or whatever points, you should be winning by, like, let's look at the Toronto Raptors, for example. Uh, I believe it was game two. DeMar DeRozan scores 47, right? Yeah. They won by 20. That's what's supposed to happen. And this all comes down to defense. Their their defense is awful right now, and it's they they are the worst defensive team in the NBA. Yeah, and one I don't know how a team like that makes the playoffs. Or actually, I do. It's because of LeBron James. I was about to say LeBron James. I don't know how you could pick them realistically and to get to the NBA Finals as the worst defensive team in the NBA. Somebody asked me this uh, after they lost that game three, and they're down two one. They were like, "Are you actually are you concerned about the Cavs?" I, I mean, I. I picked them to go to the finals, and it's like, you know, I, I'm sure most people did, but I got to ask, you know, are you concerned about the Cavs at all? And I was like, my answer was, I'll be concerned when they lose that fourth game, with meaning when Indiana it wins the fourth game to win the series. That's when I'll be concerned. I'm not concerned at all. Even if they were to come back and win this game tonight, I'm not concerned. So if they're going on 3-1 Indiana, I'm not, not concerned. Con- they came back from 3-1 against the Warriors. They can do it against yes, Indiana Pacers. Yes, uh, Kyrie Irving. doesn't matter. I don't, they don't it doesn't, I, does not, I would still not be concerned Hood at is, all. Is not, not even a four-man is Kyrie Irving. <laughs> no, so. he's not, but no, it doesn't listen, change I, the fact I've that... I've been on the concern bandwagon for Cleveland all year. I'm about to say all season. <laughs> all season, so... Which, you know... And then you go over to Vegas. I've been downing Vegas all season <laughs> and NHL, so screw me. Yes. But, no, I mean... Again, this is whole defense thing. They just lost, completely lost. And they're not going to outscore, like, the Rockets, right? They can afford not to play defense some nights because they'll shoot 21 three-pointers and they'll just have 130 points and outscore you. The Cavaliers can't do that because as good as LeBron James is, he can't score 100 points. The, the, only, uh, the only team that concerns me against Cleveland would be, you know, the Sixers. So, I mean, Philadelphia is playing very, very good basketball right now. And we can kind of lead that into that next series right now. Though, you know, Philly's playing Ben Simmons playing great. It's when he leaves the court, they're a completely different basketball team. You know, they got Joel Embiid back. He when he has he shot like two of eleven. I was something like some very poor stat line, 
and they still win the game, that's when you know this team is really good. Yeah, but you know what, Joel Embiid is one of those guys that, yeah, he's a superstar, but at the same time, he's not afraid to do the dirty work. He'll get the, he'll get you the rebounds. He'll even get you the assist if needed. He'll get you the offensive rebounds, which is huge. So even if he's not scoring points, he's still doing stuff. And if he's doing nothing else, he's still aggravating the other team with all of his trash talk. So I like it. I, I like his attitude and his personality, and he's always... You know, I guess in the front lines and in the nitty-gritty areas, which you don't see a lot from NBA superstars nowadays. So, but yeah, outside of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons has been keeping the 76ers, I don't want to say afloat, but have been keeping them winning since that, you know, the start of that 17-game win streak that they had. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I got the stat on here. He did go, I was right, he went 2 for 11. And, but he still, one, one thing, one thing people probably don't know, Joel Embiid is a Force defensively, yes, and that's he is a huge body down low, and he I didn't I didn't know he was as good as, as a defender as he is, but yeah. you know he he's shown that in the in the games he's played. Yeah, he has ability to be a complete shut down guy in the paint, and you have someone like that who's you know not only an offensive superstar but can play lockdown defense, especially again in, in the nitty gritty areas. It's going to help you out going forward, and that gets space for guys like Ben Simmons to drive the lane. And then guess what? Where where is he kicking it out? JJ Redick if he's opening. JJ Redick is hitting that shot every time. So that's why the 76ers offense has been flowing so well. Um, uh, I mean, listen, Joel Embiid wanted to play. Complained to his coach that he wanted to play. I love, I love, in. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He, the kid yeah. wanted to be in the game. You know, first ever. He's finally, he had went through so much losing and yeah. to finally make the playoffs and. Must have been crushing for him not play those first two games. Absolutely. He was probably like, get me in this damn game. And you know what? I liked it too up until I saw the tweet that he had uh, like nine fractures in his face and is at very, very high risk for break, you know, breaking his face again. Hey, put so. the mask on. And did you see one of the he players stepped on the mask to try and break it? And like, oh, was it Hassan he can't, side? Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, can't play anymore. And he goes, I got 50 masks. Try breaking <laughs> them all. See what happens. Yeah, Joel and B is great, man. One one thing, Dwayne Wade, man, he's the guy. Everyone thought he was washed up. Everyone thought he was done for the past three seasons. Guy's killing it this series. You know, he's been playing great. And, you know, he, he even played good last game. They, they didn't come up with a win. But, guys, nobody expected that. Yeah, kind of like the, the game two victory where he had, I think it was 28. Dwayne Wade has the ability to have a game like that. I He's just not... I don't want to say young, but healthy enough to kind of do that for a stretch of five, six games in a row. The Heat are good. Um, Dwayne Wade's awesome, but they don't have no. I mean, the, uh, the offensive firepower I, to ha- hang with. I, I do think if they would have come up with a different matchup, I would maybe it's give like, them... kind of like the Minnesota Wild in the NHL. I feel like if they came up with a different matchup and they were healthier, then maybe you could see them maybe making a second, third round run, but... They just don't have they, the yeah. personnel. They don't have the personnel. Yeah, they ran. They ran through the the a bad team, a yeah. bad matchup, you know. And let's we we'll get to the this last uh, matchup here: Boston, Milwaukee. Uh, we didn't really talk about those, so we can go back there. Yeah. But uh, Boston, Milwaukee. This series tied two two. Boston went up two two zero. Milwaukee goes home and comes up with the two victories. Uh, uh, today's game was uh, pretty close. It came down it to the wire. I, I think Milwaukee kind of. Showed. I mean, they were up fifty-one thirty-five at halftime, but but it did come down to the wire. Um, it was only a two-point game. Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, got the put back with five seconds left. I know you can't say that name. So Antetokounmpo. Yeah, close enough. So we got the put back with five seconds left. Um, Marquise Morris, I believe that twin missed the. Uh, the yeah. Game well, how the how I don't know how Jalen Brown didn't get the ball. Yeah, I don't know why he's taking that shot yeah. in the game, but That's, either way. I picked Milwaukee to win the series, so just you know throwing it out there. Um, but listen, you know who's 
Everyone talks about Giannis and the Greek freak and how amazing he is. You know who people don't talk about who's really good? Uh, on the Bucks team? Yeah. Who? <laughs> Jabari Parker. He is awesome. Man. I feel like he's been injured so much to he has. in his time for the NBA. So yeah, but, but watching him play today, I was just amazed. The guy is so freakishly athletic. I mean, just kid, as athletic as the Greek freak. Can pass the ball just like him and can score just like him. Yeah, this, I mean, this kid was a highly talented Touted prospect coming out of Duke, and you know, you know, everyone knew he was the real deal coming out of college. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's, he's playing yeah, well. I mean, the torn ACLs didn't really help the the name recognition, but I, he's good, man. And I think he's another big reason outside of Giannis why they're you know. And there's just no answer for Giannis. There's no answer for the Greek freak. If you don't have an answer for one Greek freak in Giannis, you're not going to have an answer for. Basically, two of them, and especially Boy Walker and Giannis. Especially when there's so much attention on the Greek freak, they're doing everything exactly. possible to try and stop him. That that leaves uh, space open for Jabari Parker to go to work, and he's fully taking advantage of that right now. And like I said, the veteran guys are going to be a reason why the Bucks could win the series. Guys like Matthew Dellavedova, who've been there before and who know how to play when the game gets tight. He was big down the stretch for the Bucks today, so. I have a lot of confidence in the Bucks going forward. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they win the series, and it wouldn't surprise me if they give the 76ers a run for their money, too. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, even Eric Butzel, he's, he's at yeah. points, he, he's played well. And remember, he was, he was uh, point guard in the Suns in the request of that trade, and the Knicks were speculating again, didn't get him. Because, you know, why would we need Eric Butzel? <laughs> but, I mean, oh, that, that's another one. Bring up the Knicks and their you know, awesome past. Everyone said, why, why Rajon Rondo? Why do we need him? Have you oh, seen the way he's yeah. been playing for the Pelicans? Yeah. Not just Drew Holiday, but Rajon Rondo, too. They have to play off Rondo's back. Yeah, oh, man. He, he is clutch. Yeah, I would say so. Even last year when, when he was in the playoffs, he was playing well until he went down with that injury. Yeah. And right, let's switch over to the game that we were uh, clicking back and forth with last night between hockey and basketball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got the Rockets and the Timberwolves. I said I like the Timberwolves, not to win the series, but I, I, I like their roster. I like uh, I like the way they, they were playing going into this, and... They pulled out a really, really solid win game three on home court. They hit 15 three-pointers. I believe it tied an NBA playoff record for three-pointers made in the game. And they beat the Rockets at their own game. The Rockets are that three-point shooting team, you know, uh, that score, you know, 121 points a game. But Minnesota did it this time, and they played some good lockdown defense. They, I don't want to say they shut down James Harden, but they did enough to, you know, control him. So, um, yeah, No, he's kind of been shut down. A good amount for this series, even going back to his game two win. Yeah. You know, James Harden didn't have a good game. You know, it was more Chris Paul leading the charge and other ki- other kind of guys uh, playing well around him that was was doing good yeah. things. But uh, that just makes it even case even better for the Rockets that if Harden cannot play well at times and they still coming out with victories, that shows that this is a good over all around team. Yeah, it shows that it's not just Harden. But I think Tom Thibodeau and the Timberwolves kind of knew that. Harden's going to, you know, get his. He's going to get his 20 points a game or whatever it is. But if you can control him and don't let him go off for 50 and, you know, 10 assists and get a triple-double triple double or anything like that, if you can control him well enough, you can shut down the Rockets' offense, especially yeah. guarding the three-point line. Yeah, Harden, you know, went 9 for 21, not exactly that efficient yeah. from the field. He did have 29 points, but, you know, like we said. Yeah, you know, but if you can just contain him and control him and kind of keep that offense stagnant for the most part and keep away from the three-point line, you can stop the Rockets, and the Timberwolves will show that game three. Yeah, I mean, even Chris Paul, you know, like I said, game two, he had a very good game. Yesterday, even with the loss, he shot 7-11 from the field, 17 yeah. points. He's playing probably better than James Harden throughout the series. So, Well, I mean, listen, that's a veteran guy who's, who's been there before. He hasn't gotten far in the playoffs, but he's been there before, and he knows what he has to do. So, I mean, I, I do think Houston will end up winning the series um, probably in five or six, but 
I like the way Minnesota played Game Three. And uh, Jimmy and Butler. If you tell me they win Game Four, I, yeah, uh, Jimmy Butler had a terrible Game One and Two, and people were calling for his head in Minnesota. Yeah, and he he came out on on home court. 20, Twenty-eight points. Yep. You know, t- you know, shot ten and nineteen. That's pretty pretty. Yeah, like pretty what, ba- six, good bounce threes, right? Yeah, free shot four, six, and three point. Yeah, so a good bounce back game for him. Yeah, so. definitely. So that was big. Decision. And but with all that being said, this game, this series will be five games. I don't expect I Houston know, to lose I, I another think game. Minnesota can get one more. I don't I think. Listen, the way they played and the way they shut shut down that offense, I think Minnesota can get one more. Yeah, I uh, do think. Uh, I I, just, I, series, I don't don't think they have it in them. Uh, so right, I don't we'll know. See. We'll see. Um, you can buy me a beer when the series goes six. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was right, let's, let's wrap this up. The last series, o- OKC, uh, Utah, two, they're down, OKC is down 2-1. Utah's playing well, you know, better than I expected. You know, big three, I think it's the same story. They've kind of been a letdown in this series. They've been a letdown all season. It's not what they expected going, going into the year. And, and I think this is the worst thing for OKC because you're trying to kind of convince Paul George that, you know, it's going to be worth staying here, you know, don't go test free because you stay here with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo, but... Carmelo is being Carmelo. Uh, he's just, you know, no defense. I get my shots and I don't really care. But the big matchup here, and you can kind of tell why this series has shifted in, in Jazz favor, is that you have the matchup between John, uh, Jonathan, wow, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell. Oh, <laughs> you good? Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, thank you, and Russell Westbrook. And if you look at the fourth quarter stats alone, in game three, Russell Westbrook did not take a shot in the fourth quarter, while Donovan Mitchell had, I think, 10, 12 yeah. points in the fourth I mean, quarter. Westbrook didn't really have his best game yet. Uh, yeah. Yes, you know, 5 of 17, only 14 points. Without a, without a, a point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. And that's been going back even at game one when OKC won. Donovan Mitchell has been completely outplaying Russell Westbrook, not even in the fourth quarter of each game, but all series. So if that keeps up where the Jazz star player shuts down the Thunder star player, it's the NBA, so the Jazz are going to win some games here. Oh, big, big number. Russell Westbrook, eight turnovers. You know, not, yeah. not exactly. And a, a really guy who's flown under the radar in the series, but has come up with a lot of defensive stops, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. He's been able to shut down Russell Westbrook as well, especially come crunch time. He's been playing really good, too, for the Jazz. Yeah, you know, he's not the type of guy that you're going to see crazy offensive numbers from, but, you know, he does all the th- he does other things. He's help, yeah. you know, find the open man, play good defense like you just said. So, you know, a good, good all-around game for them. And I could see. I think Utah's gonna end up winning the series. I told you, man. I told you they're gonna win the series. I just like their personality. And I like the way they play. And really, a, a kind of low key, huge home court advantage. Utah. Yeah. A ratty place, man. Yeah. For you sure. got nothing going and on out normally there. Normally, so. they they say OKC is the type of uh, home home court advantage. You know, their place usually yeah. was shaking. Yep. And you know, it kind of been on the way around for this series. Utah's building's been shaking. Yeah, but I think if Utah comes out and wins the series in five or six, I kind of think it seals the deal where. Paul George is, you know, going to walk away from OKC. So I think if you're OKC, you 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 don't even want to win this series. You really want to get Paul George back. Yeah. So I think you're really desperate to win this series. And you know who's also in this series that we probably I, at least I didn't know going into the series. What's that? Raymond Felton playing. Raymond Felton's alive. <laughs> Raymond Felton is still alive. You know, ex Nick Grace. He's on the Thunder. He's on the. He's- yeah, he's on the Thunder. Yeah, he's coming he out played, with four. That makes sense. He played 21 minutes, so he's actually getting wow. decent amount of minutes. I, mean, I guess that's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know you're in trouble. All right, so quick story about Raymond Felton that I, I love telling. Um, oh, I know, I know the story. I went to a Nick game. It was my first Nick game in a, in a while, and this was before the Mellow trade. So I, I, I go. It was, it was with me. Yeah, I was with Dave, and I, I wanted a Nick jersey because you know, I'm a Nick fan, So and I didn't have one. So I, I was in the Nick team shop looking at jerseys. I said, Landry Fields, no, 
or Raymond Felton? Landry Fields. <laughs> and you kind of look at Felton. me. Which, which one would you which go with? One? I was like, Landry Fields is about to be traded for yeah. Melo. So it, oh, the whole talk going up was that Landry Fields is definitely included in the Melo package. Okay, not even a slimmer of Raymond Felton's name. <laughs> All right, I buy the Raymond Felton jersey. I get home. I go to sleep. I wake up at three in the morning. Go take a piss, and I look at my phone. Mello is traded for none other than Raymond Felton <laughs> and a bunch of other guys, not including Landry Fields. Landry Fields eventually wound up to be a bust, and, and you know only played one more season with the Knicks. But it's just the premise of every time I get a jersey, that guy gets traded. Prime example this year. Guess who Rangers jersey ahead? JT JT <laughs> Miller. Guess who's not on the Rangers anymore? JT Miller. Guess who's also not on the Rangers? Brandon Dubinsky. Guess what Ranger? I you know ex Ranger jersey have Brandon Dubinsky. Who else? Come on, ask me. <laughs> this is why I got a raised jersey. With no one. That's probably the smartest investment I've ever made because the Rays trade everybody. Man, maybe the Yankees have something good going. You know, they don't have names in the back of their jerseys, so it's I like whenever, <laughs> whenever you know. I, I, you get a jersey and the team, a uh, player gets traded. Oh, we'll wait for someone else to take that number. Then I have his jersey. It's like Glaber Torres just got called up for the Yankees. He took number 25. He goes, oh, I have his jersey. So it's like, you know, it's funny to think about. Yeah, it's just it's just an endless cycle of shit for me, picking out jerseys. It's terrible. And I, I feel bad because, you know, my dad, the huge Ranger fan, worked so hard to get me a JT Miller jersey with the 90th season patch on it. it took like six months to come in for whatever reason. They ran out of patches. I don't know. And then, yeah, he gets traded. So. And he's, he's gone. And, he's and, gone. and like, you know, there, there was some speculation that after Ryan, Ryan Callahan got traded, there was some speculation, you know, maybe he'll come back because he liked New York and everything. There was no shot Jason Mills <laughs> coming back. He was so done with New York and Atlanta. And he's playing, playing well, too. Playing awesome. Listen, this is what bothered me about the – not to talk hockey again, but this is what bothered me about Lane Vigneault so much is that he would bury his talented guys. Like, JT Miller was a talented guy. Everyone said around the league he is capable of scoring 30 goals if you put him with the right personnel and get him first-line minutes. Elaine Vigneault refused to do it. So he goes out to Tampa, plays on a line with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, and he puts up more points than both of them in the last you know 15 games of the season. Yeah, right. That's what makes me so mad about the Rangers. <laughs> Just like with Pavel Buchnevich, but we don't have to talk about that. Tom, we'll Tom frustrated with the Rangers. What's new? Yeah, right. Anyway, uh, to wrap up NBA, you are... Uh, any, any, you call any surprises from the NBA or any, do you think everything's going to be straightforward? I think the Bucks end up winning the series, so I think that might be a surprise to some. Eh, um, eh. I think Minnesota getting to a game six would be a surprise for some, so I'll pick that. But I think Toronto wraps it up. I don't know about this Cleveland series, though. I'm kind of back and forth on it because my obviously my heart... Cleveland is going to win. Don't. Don't even try and say they're going to lose. Cleveland is going to win. I guess. They're, yes. they're, they're going to win the next three games. But, dude, you give... Pacers, no credit. I, I, I hope I hope this series ends in five of the Pacers winning. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, but no, I, I am worried about Cleveland going forward. I don't think they get to the finals this year. I've been saying it since, you know, game one of this NBA season. And so. who do you have, though? Who do you have beaten them? I can't say the Raptors because that, that would be like me saying the Capitals are going to beat the Penguins. It's just until it happens, I can't pick it. Uh, I have a 76 beaten them. All right. I, 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 that's one team I can see. Like, I could see it happening. So, I mean, they're up 10 right now, going into third. So, but I'm we'll see you, man, Don't be surprised if the Bucks beat the Celtics and the 76 give the 76ers run for their money in the second round. Yeah. All right. So, we'll shift over a little, ba- little baseball here. Uh, kind of big story this week uh, for the Mets. Matt Harvey sent to the bullpen. Uh, Mets kind of, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't really give them a, a really good choice here. You know, he hasn't pitched well. His first start was the only kind of start he pitched well, and he only went five innings in that start, you know, and they kind of sent him to the bullpen with the team playing well right now. They can't really afford to have a project and have him go through some growing pains, so they kind of had to make a move here and send him to the bullpen. What, what's your thoughts, Dark Knight sent to the pen? 
I mean, the thing with this is, yeah, it had to be done because he wasn't pitching well. And you have a, a bunch of starters in your bullpen who could come in and replace Harvey and frankly well, do better. Th- th- this was but, the big thing. You know, they have four of the guys pitching well. Jason Vargas is coming yeah, back. He's, he's, all, he's all set to return. And he had a good year last year. And it was like, how can you take those four of the guys that are pitching well yeah. and put one of them when Harvey's pitching the, like this? The Can't do it. The thing with me, though, and the thing why I don't like him going to the bullpen is he doesn't have strikeout stuff. That's why he hasn't done well as a starter because he used to be able to just pump that fastball in at 98 and get guys out. Just go head-to-head and get him out. But now he doesn't throw that fastball hard enough and he has a straight fastball. And There's no movement on it. So he doesn't have and he doesn't have a killer slider or a killer breaking ball to get guys out. So how is he going to be like a specialty type guy in the bullpen when he doesn't have strikeout stuff? Yeah, the, 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 whole, the whole big thing with the, sending him to the bullpen, Mickey Kyle was saying, you know, I've had experience in the past. I know I can fix guys that I've sent to the bullpen and kind of work on some things, so I'm going to work with him. And, you know, he has a pitching background, so he can work with him on the side, you know, on the off days that he's not pitching. And, you know, and it's we'll see how, how, he, what he, how he does from here. You know, he's probably never pitched in the bullpen in his life either. And yeah. he, he was saying he flat out said he was pissed off about going to the bullpen. And, and it's like, but he, he even said it after all, all the, you know, he played the game, I'm pissed off, I, I don't want to be in the bullpen. He goes, I got to, he did, he did admit I have to pitch better. So, yeah, I, I, and again, this is why you brought in Mickey Calloway and Greg Island is that. Dave, Dave, Dave Island. Oh, Dave Island, sorry. But, I mean, this is what they do, right? They, they fix. They, they get your pictures better, and they fix anybody who's having a tough time. So I think you, you kind of like, you know, the saying out of Philadelphia, you got to trust the process here with Nicky Calloway. So, uh, I mean, again, he doesn't have that strikeout stuff in the bullpen, so I don't know what role you put. Me, personally, uh, which, it's, it's going to be Calloway mo- knows a lot more than I would. I would have sent him down to the minors or put him on a little D- DL it, stint it, to kind of, you know, get him going again and get, maybe get him in the right mindset. But. It's, it's going to be putting him in, in games where it's not mo- – it's – I, you can call it mop-up duty, but it's not really meaningful spots. It's not big spots where he can actually work on things and you know try to get you know into a groove and gain, gain some confidence. I think that's where you're gonna see him. You know, he's not gonna yeah, come. Buddy, he's how a, many of those games you gonna have? Yeah, you know? he, he's not gonna come into a game where it's two-one in the eighth inning and you send Matt Harvey out for you know for to get out get some key outs. It's not it's not gonna be like that. They're kind of gonna ease him into the bullpen and see how see how it goes from there. This is his team's still in first place. They're still playing well. You know, Mets hitting Shuba Cabrera. I'm sorry. I, now that I mentioned Matt Hitting, has been one of the one of the best. He, he has he's he's tied for first in leading in WAR and with Bryce Harper for the NL. Which you'd have told me going into the year that Shuba Cabrera would be tied with Bryce Harper for the league, really league in WAR. I would have told you, you were crazy. He's been great. Cespedes can't the ball right now unless it's a meaningful situation where it's a game winning RBI. So that's just. Listen, crazy. Right, when he's tied with the N, the NL lead in RBIs, yeah. I guess you really can't complain. Yeah, the average isn't there right now. But he's stepping up in the meaningful situations and, and getting the hits that he, he needs. So he mentioned since he's in a slump that he might take up playing golf again. That's and, and no, but he, he actually gave reasoning behind why he wants to. You know, he okay. was like, when I when I have to keep my you know, front shoulder in when I'm playing golf, so it's all men- mentally helps me. And, and he goes, well, that makes sense, But also, when he plays golf, he gets hurt. Right. Golf's not the reason he was getting hurt. No, but let's be honest. You know, we you play go, golf. You go walk walk eighteen holes, and oh, then you go run. Oh, please, come on. All right. So then, in ten days, when he blows out his quad, you're gonna buy me another beer. That's <laughs> right. two beers. That's a, that's a deal. Whatever. Because right. it's not gonna happen. But uh, oh, I, mean, I can't wait. You're gonna see him go run for a ball in left field and pull up. I can't wait. I'm I can't. Gonna, wait. I'm gonna kill somebody. But uh, yeah. Then, as you look at Jose Lobaton and go join him. <laughs> I hate those guys. X rays. Yeah. Did nothing. Um. Speaking of the Mets catching situation, now that you bring it up, 
What do you think they should do? Do you think they should make a move? Do you think they should kind of go with what they have at the catching position right now? Because it's I, a lot of people are saying it's too early to make a move, and it might it might be because you never see a move made this early in the season. Well, when does Pilecki come back? It's gonna be enough, you know, four or five weeks. You know, it's, it was a catching hand, so it's gotta be able to. I mean, four or five a month or even two, I guess, isn't the end of the world, especially when you just started the season. So, no, I wouldn't make a move right now. Because a lot of a lot of people, I think you need something different than Jose Lobaton, though, because he is absolutely a zero when it comes to hitting the ball and defensively. He's but okay. it, it, it's it, at the same time, it's not like you were getting a ton of production from the catcher spot uh, from a hitting True. standpoint. Anyway. But you know what? Maybe maybe you do make a move because. You gotta start throwing guys out. Teams running the Mets like I've never seen before. It's more there of is no like no doubt in anybody's mind that I'm gonna steal second. It's more of the pitchers being slow to the plate. It's more it's more than um, than just being well, on. You the gotta pitcher. figure something out because yeah. you can't keep letting teams just run around the bases. On for, you like this. for sure, for sure. You know that's a definitely something the Mets have to work on if they want to be a, a contending team in this league. Uh, did you see what Justin Verlander did by the way? What, you threw another else? seven... What, what do you no, mean? no, no. So there was a girl, this is great. for whatever reason, was just heckling Justin Verlander the whole game. Uh, I, I don't know where they were playing, but just heckling the whole game. And like, you suck, you suck, you suck. And then there's Astro suck, Astro suck, you suck. And so Justin Verlander tears out sheets, like, I guess, uh, of uh, the lineup sheet or whatever. And he holds up the sign, you, puts it down, scribbles something else, suck, puts it down, two. <laughs> and he held it up to the fan. It was awesome. The place went nuts. Uh, and then all the Astro fans like pointed up at the girl. It was so funny. I actually didn't but, see but you that. can tell he did it in like good humor, so it wasn't like, you know, like it wasn't like I'm I'm trying to share on this girl right now and yeah. embarrass her. But it was all done in good humor and fun, but it was awesome. Yeah. It, it, listen, there's no guy who's living the life right now like Justin Verlander. Right? <laughs> you're a top MLB pitcher. You found your game after you got traded. You're in Houston. You just won a World Series. And, you know, by the way, you're also Dating Kate Upton, so <laughs> pretty good married, life. Actually, I'm sorry, married to Kate Upton, so yeah, pretty good life, huh? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Boston Red Sox, seventeen and two, getting no hit. It's pretty baseball is a pretty crazy thing, huh? Did you see the the Red Sox Twitter by the way when I was going on? <laughs> no. Did you see it? So obviously the whole you know old adage is that you don't talk about the no hitter, like you don't say the word no hitter. <laughs> when they, there's all no hitter. they kept doing. There's a no the hitter. Sox, no, all the all the Red Sox kept doing no hitter, no hitter, no hitter. No hitter. <laughs> Every like out there tweet, there's a no hitter right now, <laughs> trying to jinx it, but obviously it didn't work. Um, the guy on the A's ended up getting the no hitter. He had a great pitching performance, but I mean listen. If there's one team that can get no hit, not really worried about it right now, I guess it's the Red Sox. Yeah, and you know, seventeen <laughs> four now, I believe. Yes, um, yep. they they end up losing that first that first game of the year, even and then to they, the Rays, to the Rays, <laughs> right? And then they lost the game to the, to to the Yankees, which they, they were down by eight, and they still ended up almost yeah. almost coming back, and they, I think they made it like they got like six runs or something in that game, but you know, then they end up doing losing two two games in a row here. They're obviously fine, you know. They got they everything clicking and for them. I think they proved that they were legit when they just completely dismantled the Angels yeah. this weekend. Because the a- Angels were playing very them. well too. Yeah, they were. They came into that series hot. You thought, okay, this is gonna be like a marquee, you know, really fun series, much watched TV. And the Red Sox just picked them apart. Yeah, and you know, Mookie Betts playing great, and I think he's leading. He's awesome. He's leading the like, almost every hitting category. Yeah. He's playing out of his mind right now. JD Martinez, great signing for them. He's also playing well. You know, David Price was pitching was pitching good. Chris Sale, he's gonna do Chris Sale things. Yeah. You know, he's obviously a stud. So this team is legit. So a couple, maybe I guess wrapping up MLB here. A couple slow starts. You're more of the baseball guy than I am, so I wanted to get your opinion on this. 
You have the Nationals at 10 and 11 sitting in fourth place in, in their uh, division right now. You have the Cubs sitting in fourth place in their division at 10 and 9. And then you also have the Dodgers at 9 and 10 sitting in third place in their division. All NL teams, all are were projected to win their divisions at the beginning of the season, and they've gotten off the slow starts. Obviously, they're not too far behind. The Cubs are only two games back. Nationals are four and a half games back. Dodgers are five games back. But, you know, it's not season-ending. But what's your opinion on these teams and why? I guess the Nationals haven't been healthy. So, but why do you think they they go off to such slow starts? And out of those three teams, do you see any of them kind of just kind of tailing off and uh, maybe not making the run they were supposed I, to? I'd say the team I'm most concerned with would be the Cubs. You know, Chris Bryant got hit in the head today. Yeah. I believe the Anthony game. Rizzo hasn't been healthy. Anthony Rizzo hasn't been healthy, so you know they got they kind of got some injury bugs going on. So I think if any teams are to right the ship, I think it's going to be that team out of those three teams. Even that the Nationals, you know, their starting pitching is legit. You know, so I yeah, I, I have faith in them to turn it around. No, they, they haven't had Daniel Murphy either. So, I mean, Bryce Harper's been playing out of his mind. He just needs some help because Brian Zimmerman hasn't doing, been doing anything. And yeah. it was actually a big controversy going into the season that what how Brian Zimmerman would, would start the year because he went into the season, new manager, he went to the new, his new manager and said, I'm not playing any spring training games. You know, I don't want to risk injury. I'm, I don't want to, do you know, go crazy in spring training. And didn't play in any major league spring training games. I think he had a couple, like, side games in the in the back of the minor league games. Didn't want to do anything, anything in the majors for games-wise. And he kind of got off to a slow start. And and, and it's kind of making teams pitch around Bryce Harper. Because why would you pitch to Bryce Harper when yeah. Ryan's even behind him? Ain't, ain't, doing, ain't doing that well. Yeah. So it's, that's going to impact him. And that's like in the NFL when you see a guy hold out a training camp, right? Because... One, he doesn't want to go to training camp, and two, he wants his money. And then he comes back week one and blows out his quad. Yeah, like that. so I mean, yes, they're professional athletes. Yes, they're, they're training on their own, but there's nothing like the in-game experience and getting your body ready for, for exactly exa- exa- exactly. So you got to play in spring training, man. Yeah. <laughs> so and you know Max Scherzer and just a stud. He he went head to head, but actually with the Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. much talk, much anticipated. Neither pitcher put, pitched that well as expected. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to be his years or again yeah. going into the ninth. Wasn't the case, you know. They got up four or five runs each, so. And kind know. of segueing off that, I think out of those two teams, the team I'm most concerned about would be the Dodgers, because when you look at the Nationals, like you said, they have the injury bug, right? Daniel Murphy's been out; he's one of their key players. The Cubs have had the injury bug, and they have having some starting pitching issues, but I think that'll get straightened out with you, Dodgers and John Lester and company. But the Dodgers, I mean, what's their excuse? They just haven't been scoring runs. Clayton Kershaw's been, you know, Clayton Kershaw, but. That he hasn't gotten any run support. They don't really have the injury yeah. bug right now. Yasuo Puig is healthy. Cody Ballinger is healthy. I mean, really, their their shining star right now is Yasmani Grandel behind the plate. He's been their best hitter. But other than that, they just haven't been getting runs. So yeah, I guess that's the team I'm most concerned about because they don't really the, have an excuse. The only guy they're really missing is Justin Turner, and is he? Re- is he he's a good good I mean, player. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but is he's not like a, a game changer. Exactly, for, so exactly. it's like he's not like I I wouldn't even say he's. To the Dodgers is what Daniel Murphy is in the Nationals. Yeah, and with the Diamondbacks being 15-6 and six in that division, they can't really afford to go on a losing streak. In- the Diamondbacks have looked really, really solid, so they're going to have to start winning some games and maybe close that distance a little bit. Yeah, and actually with, you know, they lost, with losing J.D. Martinez, everyone's like, oh, the Diamondbacks are going to go obviously yeah. downhill again. They ain't going to do anything. <laughs> Proving people wrong. Oh, ab- uh, yeah, absolutely. So And, yeah, so I'd say the Cubs will, you know, once they get healthy, they can right the ship. And I think the Nationals will be fine too. They got with leading 
But leading by, you know, Scherzer, Strasburg, you know, got Gio Gonzalez. They got enough pieces where they can write the ship. I think they'll be fine. They're gonna be they're gonna be playing teams in the NL East, like the Marlins, and the Phillies have actually played well. They're fourteen and seven, so they're actually playing. The Braves have been playing pretty good too. Yeah, so they, uh, I think they won the series from the Mets this weekend. Well, they, it was uh, yeah, today got rained out, so it was split one one. Oh. Mets had a brutal loss uh, yes, yesterday. Yeah, they ended up they were up three zero going into the ninth, and you know they blew blew the lead. Brutal loss for the Mets, but anyway. That's not just familiar, blowing, blowing, you know, but whatever. Yeah, you're frustrated about the Mets. What else? Yeah. But going back to the, the Diamondbacks real quick, just because I, I meant to say this and it just slipped from my mind. They've, they've kind of had the injury bug, too. Their starting third baseman, Jeremy Lamb, has been out. Their starting shortstop, Nick Ahmed, was out for a while. And, you know, they filled in those roles nicely, and they've had new guys step up, and right now they have the best record in the NL. So I think, again, if you're the Dodgers, you got to start closing the gap. Yeah, and they have the game right now going on Sunday night baseball uh, with the Nationals. It's a three-three game right now, so it's been a good game. Again, it's going to be you know tough playing the Nationals and you know getting a win on Sunday night, but you need to kind of get back to five hundred here and start maybe getting on a nice little win streak. Yeah, for sure, and keep uh, the Diamondbacks within your sights. Yeah, and with I think it kind of shows when the team is going through the injury bug and you're able to just keep winning. Yeah. Winning, winning games, it, it, pr- it proves you're a good team. And that's why I yeah. think the Diamondbacks are legit. It shows your depth and it shows that, you know, it's not just a fluke if you go on a 10-game win streak or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, good things from the Diamondbacks, good things all around in, in MLB. Uh, one, another thing, Mike Trout leading the league at homers, just doing Mike Trout things. Did you see he, uh, today he had a home run? <laughs> he comes back. Starts drinking out of a bo- uh, of a bottle. It says Michael's Secret Stuff. The, the dude, awesome. the dude is just awesome. Yeah, but, you're but, seeing like kind of like with the Justin Verlander thing. You're seeing more personality now out of MLB, and I think that's what uh, what attracts younger fans, and that's kind of what MLB wanted, and they want to kind of super um, showcase their superstars a little yeah, more. So yeah. seeing per- some personality now in what's been an, an old, very traditional, boring game, it's good. Yeah, for and sure. Also, pace of play. The it's average stupid. game time has been down like fifteen minutes. So. Yeah, yeah, it's that's, uh, it, that's it's kind of whatever. No, with the mound visits and all that crap, but that's another story. But uh, I think that's good. We're wrapping up yeah, baseball there. Uh, just to wrap up the the podcast for today, I want to first no NFL draft is this week. Uh, big, big anticipation. How are the Browns gonna mess this up? <laughs> Who are they taking number one? More like how are the Browns, Giants, and Jets all gonna mess this up. <laughs> Who are the Browns gonna take number one? Do they do they even take a QB? I think they take a QB. I think they take a QB. I think you have to take a QB. Um, you have to take a QB. I think they end up picking Josh Allen. I know. Uh, I know. It's, they, it's, <laughs> I know they've been saying Sam Donald, but recently it's been Josh Allen. I think they're just more impressed with his overall game. And listen, man, the guy's a winner. Guy went to Wyoming. Wyoming was not a good football team before he got there. He got there. They started winning. He was out for two games. They lost those two games. He comes back. They win. To you know, they win out the season. So the guy's a winner. Um, I mean, structurally, he's kind of the same with Sam Donald, which you're worried about the accuracy issues. The thing that worries me about Sam Donald and why I think he'll eventually go to the Jets and be a, a boss because that's just what the Jets do is that he's got a really high turnover percentage. So I don't like that he thinks that he has to force the ball in all the time. So And with the Jets and their inability to develop a quarterback, I don't like that fit. So my first pick, I think, is going to be Josh Allen. I think the Giants are going to either go Bradley Chubb at two or trade back with somebody. And I think the Jets are going to pick Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield would be a New York personality for sure. It, and it makes sense because when you look at all these quarterbacks, I touched on this last week, so I don't want to repeat myself, but he's actually the most structurally sound and most NFL-ready right now. And 
the Jets have shown that they are enabled to develop young quarterbacks. So if you can get a young quarterback that needs, I guess, the least bit of polishing, he, he, he didn't, it makes he, sense. He didn't go through a lot of adversity in college. And, you know, he did some in the playoffs, but he, he didn't, didn't go he didn't, through adversity. He was a walk-on on two different teams. Yes, but... He was a walk-on in Texas Tech, and then he was a walk-on in Oklahoma. I would say that's adversity. I mean, meaning like, you know, getting hit and, you know, going through, you know, a hard... Hard game. He's always blowing everybody out. So what like. was the Rose Bowl? I said in the playoffs he, he did okay, actually okay. did. That's the only time he did. You know, I feel like he's blowing everybody out in the regular season. But you know, like I said in the playoffs he did, and he showed some bright spots there. So can't fault him there. So who's your first pick? So my mine was Josh Allen. I think Sam Darnold's been the, the guy, been the name. What do you think the, guy. the Giants do it too? Then if they pick, because apparently. Giants only like one quarterback. Yeah, and if he's not there, too, they're going to trade out or pick. Brandon I think they sh- even how about option C? Go Saqu- Saquon Barkley. You know they've always been missing that running back. It's just tough when you don't have an offensive line. Yes, and you have an Asian quarterback. And but again, if the Browns go Sam Donald, what do you think the Giants do? Not what would you do? What do you think the Giants are going to do? No, I think what, what, what we. Do. <laughs> I think they they might go. Team. I think they go Saquon Barkley. I don't know. Really? They, they've been saying they like him. You know, they. I think that's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I said no. I could, I can definitely see them trading back though. It'd be, it'd be a smart decision for them to do. Yeah. But if you stay there, take, take Saquon Barkley, get that premier running back that you've been missing for years. So let's say in your world, and I guess even in mine, I don't think it really make a difference. Actually, yeah, I guess I think it does. Let's say Sam Donald and Saquon Barkley off the board. Who are the Jets going at three? Are they going Baker Mayfield? or Are they going maybe Josh? Allen? I think they go Rose? probably Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, okay. I think they go Josh Allen. Uh, I, I don't think they go Baker Mayfield for sure. If, if those guys are available like that. I don't think they go. You know, I think they either go Josh Allen or. I mean, I would actually be okay with them skipping on Sam Donald and going if Sam Donald's on the board and they go big and Mayfield. I think I'd be okay that, with that, that just because we had a US, USC quarterback. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out? Changes. and you know what? He had turnover issues in college too. He went to two straight AFC championship and games they, and disappeared. Off they the also season. they also traded up to get him too. So exactly, they'd be yeah. trading so, up to get two USC quarterbacks. I, I, the only problem is that I, I think you could have gotten Baker Mayfield at six, but I think yeah. they weren't really worried I, about I think, that at the time. I think they were worried about just getting it ahead of the Bills, which the Bills might trade up to two anyway. Yeah. If they but, give the Giants but, a good package. Even if they were to do that, there's they, there's going to be a guy available. You know, It's not like there's been three spots taken already and then there's three QBs yeah. you know, t- taken. Because I think that, that was another potential thing that was going to happen, that if the Bills went up to three, oh, there's three quarterbacks, could be gone. You know, because it was at one point it was expected the first three picks were going to be QBs. You know, now it's kind of up in the air with what's going to happen with the first three picks. But, you know, it was at one point it was kind of like, oh, obviously the three picks are going to be the quarterbacks. But who knows? So over under four quarterbacks taken in the first round. The the record is six. Uh, second is five. Mel Kuyper and Todd Mache both had five quarterbacks in the first round for this year, being Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Donald, and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, Lamar round. Lamar Jackson is so the first round. Do you uh. think it's going to be four or I guess five? Because I don't think you throw a Jake Browning or anybody else in there. I think I think I don't I don't think Lamar Jackson is a first round pick. I think he's like very early second round pick. But I think he. So was, you don't think the Patriots end up taking him with uh, thirty one? Uh, it's very it's very uh, much talked about, but I think you can even trade up and get him an early second. You know what I think might happen? What's that? Remember how at the beginning of this whole combine process, Bill Belichick watched Bradley Chubb work out and said, listen, you're a great player. We're just not going to be up there to get you. Have a good career. What if he's like planning some crazy trade with the Giants? 
And they, and they swoop in at two and they get Bradley Chubb. Imagine. That's even my bold prediction is that somehow the Patriots work out a move to get Bradley Chubb. Uh, Whether it, maybe it's not with the Giants at two, but apparently the Broncos want to trade out of five. The Colts want to trade out of six. So if they jump up to maybe five or six, I think they can get Bradley Chubb. And that'd be a very interesting story and another player for the Patriots, right? Can you imagine? Of course, of course, another player for That's the Patriots. That's my bold prediction. I'd and say either the Patriots take Lamar Jackson, which actually that, that, that doesn't make any sense. They're not going to take Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think they, they're going to trade up and get Bradley Chubb. All right. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens on Thursday, and we'll both be watching. For sure. Yeah, is that is that gonna be a sit down by appointment? Must watch TV. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's so we'll see Avengers oh, at least like the first like half hour, forty five minutes. Yeah. Everyone wants to see those first three picks and the yeah. first five picks. So I think for for that, I think it's must. So see. Avengers Friday night then. Hey, even after you know, yeah. who knows? True. Uh, NFL draft and Avengers is the same night. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time here. Some people have work on Friday, but yeah, all right. Really- I mean, so do I, but you know, <laughs> Avengers come come coming more more important. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. You know, Tom, any last words? No, thanks for tuning in. Um, thank Fo- you for Fo- 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Follow us. Follow us on Instagram at fishnang underscore basement banner, and then on Twitter at Panther Basement. Yep. So, all right. All right, guys. Basement Banner, out.